Hello and welcome to another podcast episode. I'm Ray. Uh, where are we? 8.30, Friday morning. Lovely day, beautiful sunshine out there. Really looking nice. Blue sky. Three degrees centigrade, which is 37 Fahrenheit. 10.17 millibars, 86% humidity. And, well, basically no wind at all. Looking at the old flag out there. The old Union flag. Getting a bit crumpled, actually. I must give that a, a wash and an iron. Do you iron flags? Probably not. It'll probably melt, probably nylon or something dreadful. But the flag is barely, well, no, it's not moving. Lovely blue sky, though, really nice. Right, hello, Ray. Thanks for your email. Wartime bits and pieces brought home by soldiers. Yeah, uh, this is interesting from Ray. He's saying that his dad brought home, what was it, a full German uniform. And I know of people that had bits and pieces that they brought home. How did they do it? How did you get, for example, what were the German guns? Luger, was it? How did people get those back here and take them home and sort of keep them in the the kitchen drawer in case they needed it? I don't know. That's a good question. Um, Quite a few comments about self-employed politics and families and all that stuff. I'm not going to go all through those because otherwise it'll go on forever. But thanks for your emails. I've got one here from Neil. Oh, by the way, this episode, what have I called it? I forget what it's called. What was it? Some sort of working... Oh, Family Values, wasn't it? Sparked by Neil's email, saying in the 50s and 60s, a child was allowed freedoms that they just don't have today. For example, school holidays, as I've said many times before, where over the the woods, up the downs, go out to play after breakfast. You don't get home till lunchtime when you're hungry. And then after lunch, back over the woods, over the pond, getting sticklebacks and newts and stuff like that, tadpoles, putting them in jam jars, back home for tea time. And mum didn't mind. Dad, well, dad was probably still at work. Mum didn't mind. You come home scruffy, scraped knees, grazed knees and all that. Dirty clothes. We'd fallen into the pond. No health and safety. I mean, you fall into a pond. There was a pond near us which was a bit dodgy. It was a, a shallow pond, but a few, only a few feet out. What was the, the diameter of the pond? Only a small thing, 20 feet. And a few feet out, there was an old well. It was a huge hole. Now, we didn't venture anywhere near it, but that, imagine that these days, something like that being accessible in the middle of a, a field or, or wherever and kids playing around it. People would have an absolute fit, wouldn't they? So yeah, the old days, family values as i've called it family values so many things were different then weren't they one thing that immediately springs to mind is i was walking past a a bus shelter the other day you know the old wooden bus shelters there are still a few around i just glanced in the shelter as i walked past and there's a load of cans you know drinking type cans and bottles all all on the wooden seat on the ground in there i mean it, it just looked dreadful I don't think people these days are as aware as we were of messing up the place. You know, we we looked after our local park. We didn't chuck bottles and cans all over it. We put them in litter bins. We were taught that not only by parents, but at school. We had litter bins. You know, you put your rubbish in the litter bin. You don't just chuck it all over the place and make the... I mean, some of the roads that you walk along... I've been going for a bit of a walk recently with Trish to exercise my knee and there's rubbish everywhere I I don't know what happened the council used to have road sweepers you don't see those anymore 
there's weeds and grass growing everywhere. Now that can look quite nice. I do like the idea of that. As the council, again, they stopped. They used to go around spraying weed killer all over the place, which I don't think is a good idea. But I don't know what's happened to the people that used to sweep the roads and pick up the rubbish. The point is, why do people chuck rubbish down in the first place? It, it seems a bit daft that people throw rubbish down, then we have to pay people to go road sweeping. And if we all kept it clean in the first place, well, you know what I'm saying. In the old days, obviously, people did throw rubbish around, but not so much. I don't think us kids did that. We didn't, if we finished a packet of crisps or a bottle of Tizer, we didn't chuck the packet of the bottle into a field or, or dump it on the pavement somewhere or drop it into someone's garden, as they do these days. We were taught to, I don't know, we were taught to look after our sort of local area, our community, I suppose. Having said that, uh, as you know, I spent a lot of my time over the woods. There were rubbish dumps, fly-tipping, back in the 50s. I remember in the woods, old mattresses been dumped there, bits of old furniture, things like that. So people still did this fly-tipping business. I don't know why they do that. That absolutely ruins the countryside, doesn't it? I've seen videos on social media. You get a van backing up to a, a farm gate and he chucks all his rubbish out right in front of the farm gate, so the farmer can't get in and out with his tractor. There's an old fridge, an old washing machine, a couple of beds, loads of rubbish, just all chucked there. Why do that? They, they don't want to pay to go to the local tip, I suppose that's why. So the answer surely would be that traders, business people, shouldn't have to pay to go to the local tip. I don't know what the answer is there, but I just think it's dreadful. All this fly tipping all over the place. There was a an old washing machine I saw around the corner a little while ago out in the road, in the middle of the road. And a couple of people moved it to the side, but someone had just dumped it in the middle of the road. And that was there for a few days where they'd moved it over to the pavement and then it disappeared, I suppose, the council or whoever had to collect it. But I don't understand why people do that. It's strange, isn't it? So thanks, Neil, for that. Um, he also says that after the war, World War Two. A lot of the areas of the towns had been flattened, of course, derelict houses after the bombing and all the rest of it. And they were great for kids. Now, I don't remember that. Where I lived down here, we didn't have bomb sites and stuff like that. We didn't have loads of flattened houses and buildings. But where there had been the bombing, as Neil points out, it was great for kids because they could go rummaging around and climbing over derelict buildings and all sorts and that became their playground and of course then and I do remember this into the 50s and the 60s the streets became kids playgrounds we played out in the street I remember my street there were how many kids in my street I don't know eight ten something like that we were all out in the street in the summer playing marbles playing cigarette card games climbing up lampposts as kids do and sliding down again all good fun so kids had the streets to play and of course you can't do that now too many cars but back then there were hardly any cars in fact our road now it looks like a car park you know when we moved here oh, what over 20 years ago there were a few cars out there of course but uh, nowhere near as many as there are now you couldn't have kids playing out here now it's too dangerous too many parked cars you know if they're jumping in and out of the gaps between the cars, they're going to get flattened. Do you remember the, the Green Cross Code adverts on the telly for kids, telling kids how to cross the road? Look left, look right, 
look left again. Don't sneak out between parked cars because drivers won't see you. All that sort of thing. It was great. You don't see that anymore, I suppose, because kids don't play in the streets, do they? And of course, having no daytime TV, I mean, there was the, the Saturday morning pictures, wasn't there? The Saturday morning cinema. But in the week, in the summer, the school holidays, there was no daytime TV. So all kids would head off on their bikes. We did. I didn't always walk to the woods, went over on my bike. Then you throw your bike into the bushes <laughs> and then go to the pond and muck about and eventually cycle home. I don't remember anyone having their bike stolen. We just chuck them all in a heap in the bushes somewhere and go and play for the, the day or the morning or the afternoon and then cycle home. They weren't stolen. So I don't know, things, again, we were taught, we're not taught not to steal. It was just a natural thing for the majority of kids. You didn't go around nicking stuff. It wasn't the dumb thing. Whereas these days, I think if you leave a bike anywhere, it'll disappear. <laughs> Which, I don't know why I'm laughing. It's not funny. But uh, there were parks, of course, lots of countryside, lots of woods, loads of trees to climb. It was just great fun for kids back in those good old days. Do children have pocket money these days? I, I don't know whether they do. I, I'll have to check uh, with the grandchildren, see whether they have pocket money. We did. We'd buy comics with them. What was it? The, the Hotspur, Bunty, Beano, Dandy. I'm trying to remember them all now. The, the Hornet, was it? Uh, Jack and Jill. No, that was, they were books, weren't they? But that was great, buying comics and sweets, of course. Spend your pocket money on sweets. We weren't supposed to. I remember being told to save my pocket money. Save it up each week till you've got a decent amount. Then you can buy something worth having. Oh, no, no, no. I'd, I'd go over the sweet shop. Blackjacks. Four for a penny. Fruit salads. Do you remember those? Those sweets full of sugar. Of course, dreadful for kids' teeth. And the sweet cigarettes. Ah, oh, what else was it? Licorice. Gobstop. Oh, dolly mixtures. Gobstoppers. Acid drops. Do you remember that? No, they weren't drugs. They weren't drugs. Acid drops. Um, oh, there were loads. I used to like the sherbet with the licorice sticking out the top. Anyway, I could go on and on about that. On rainy days, of course, where you couldn't go over to the woods, my favourite was Meccano. Who remembers Meccano? You could build things. I had the electric motor with mine and I built a crane. I remember this crane and you could winch up things, switch the motor on and it would winch things up on its, on its uh, piece of string. That was great fun. And of course, the girls had all their dolls and dolls houses and whatever they had. I can't remember what my sister had a doll's pram, uh, you know, a tiny little thing that she would push around the house. Oh, and small vacuum cleaners, I remember. Little hoovers uh, made for kids. I suppose you can still get that sort of thing. I'm not sure. Unfortunately, these days, as I said, kids can't play in the streets because of the traffic. And most parents won't let their kids go over the, to the local park or the woods, if you have got woods nearby, because it's not safe. So more and more children, I think, are staying indoors with their, their phones, video games, Netflix and whatever else they do. I don't know. It just seems it just seems such a shame. I suppose, as they say, you don't miss what you've never had. If I, as a child, had been used to going over the woods and the park and that for several years and then suddenly, no, you can't play in the street. You're not going over the woods or the park unaccompanied. You've got to stay in the house that would have come as a massive shock to me. 
stone the crows. I can't go over the park. I can't go and get sticklebacks and things like that. That would have been dreadful. But of course, the kids today, they've, they've never been over to the woods or the park. Well, I say never. I suppose some of them have. I don't know. But the innocence and the, the freedom we had you know, back in those days, it's, well, it seems to have gone probably forever. Just moving on for a minute. Uh, where are we? Jerry. Hello, Jerry. Nice to hear from you. Potholes. Do you have potholes in other countries? You know, massive holes in the road which wreck your tyres and your suspension and your steering geometry and all that. We have massive potholes here, Jerry is saying. We do, Jerry, here. Where are you? Oh, oh, you haven't put where you are. Doesn't matter. The whole of the UK is covered in potholes. We've got so many road closures at the moment. There's a burst water main on the flyover, wherever it is, going over the River Ada. That, of course, has flooded the road which has frozen into a solid sheet of ice overnight. And the road's been closed now for three, three days, I believe. So, of course, all the traffic has had to find other routes, which is the seafront road. <laughs> what happens? That is totally gridlocked. I had to pop over to Lansing yesterday. Stupidly, I drove down to the seafront road, sat in the queue, someone let me in, sat in the queue, 15 minutes, hadn't moved one inch. 15 minutes. Someone's drilling something out there. Now, what are they doing? Good grief. 15 minutes. I turn round. I managed to turn round. Luckily, I'd left a bit of a gap between me and the vehicle in front. Turn round, went up to the top road, which was open to Lansing, and I went that way. It was closed from Lansing to Shore. Oh, I don't know. Potholes, though, now are worse than ever. And they're not just holes in the road. They are craters. I must go and have a look out of the window and see who on earth is drilling what. Someone's having their windows replaced, double glazing. So in this day and age, can you believe that it took someone, a friend of mine was telling me, took someone three hours, look on the map, <laughs> I haven't said that for a while, look on your map, Durrington to Lansing, three hours. That would normally be a 15-minute journey at the most. Three hours. It is ridiculous in this day and age that everything comes to a standstill because a water main has burst. Manchester Airport the other day closed. That's it. Flights coming in from Qatar, uh, America, all over the world. Flights all coming in to land at Manchester. No, you can't. We've got snow on the runway. It's closed. They had to go to other airports. Heathrow, Gatwick, Stansted. That's all very well. You dump the people there and they're thinking, well, hang on a minute. I didn't want to be here. They then got to arrange to get back to Manchester somehow where they wanted to go. But then the planes are in the wrong place. There are people at Manchester thinking, well, where's my plane? Well, it's down at Heathrow or Gatwick or wherever. <laughs> so what a nightmare. I know people say that if we had severe winters every year, then they would have things like heating under the runway. But they reckon we don't have enough cold weather to, to warrant the expense. But I think we are beginning to. It seems that every winter we get a little bit of ice. Right, that's it. The trains have all stopped. Close down the airports. Close down the major roads. <laughs> Everything comes to a standstill, which is a bit daft in this day and age, isn't it? Stone the, I don't know, stone what? No idea. But there we are. Anyway, it's Friday. You know what happens Friday afternoon, don't you? We go up to our club and have a couple of pints of real ale. Well, I do. Trisha doesn't. So that's rather nice. Can you hear that whistling in the background? 
Probably not. That's one of my power supplies for my amateur radio gear, my ham radio stuff. It whistles after a while. I don't know why. <laughs> Never mind. We're not bothered about that. What else can we complain about? Let's have a think. Oh, tomorrow being Saturday, this isn't a complaint. We're going to Amberley Working Museum. Amberley Working Museum, just north of Arundel. Be rather nice there. It's a fantastic place to go. We're going to have to wrap up because it's going to be really cold. Apparently all this really freezing weather is ending after this weekend, which is good. Oh, Dentist Monday, goodness me. I've got such a busy social life. <laughs> social was not really social, is it? Monday, I'm having the permanent crown put on my tooth and then pay the £750. I've got the temporary crown at the moment. Now, I did say a week or two ago, I'm not going to talk about dentists anymore. So that's the end of that. Amberley tomorrow, I think we're all meeting there and we're going to have lunch. That's the family. We're going to have lunch in the Lime Burner restaurant, which would be nice. It's called the Lime Burner because Amberley Museum, that where the chalk pits thing is, that's where they made lime. And there's a, a railway line in and out where well, there was. And Trisha's dad, being a, an old steam engine driver in the old days, he used to go there. He'd back the train into Amberley. They'd fill up the trucks with lime or whatever they did. And he'd drive it off somewhere. So it's nice to have a, a bit of local history that we can go and have a look at. There's another place. We go to the wetlands at Arundel, the wildfowl place. But we've just seen on the map... At Pulborough, there's somewhere called Pulborough Brooks, which is another uh, bird place, wild birds and stuff like that. So we're going to go and have a look there at some stage. Pulborough Brooks. Find that one on the map. <laughs> You're thinking, I don't want to look on the blasted map. What's the matter with you? <laughs> it makes me wonder how many other places there are around this sort of area in our county that we don't know about. Pulborough Brooks. I, I've never heard of it. I first came across it on Twitter. I forget what I was looking for, and then this popped up. But anyway, there we are. Terry, nice to hear from you. Terry says, could I do an audiobook? I could, Terry. I don't know how to. How do you do audiobooks? Then people read them, don't they, with Kindles and things. I did have a quick look online, and basically you can record your audiobook. Then you send your recording off to someone, and they edit it and engineer it and do whatever to it and make it into something that you can have on Kindle and things. And they charge you a lot of money, apparently. So I'm not sure about that. Also, Terry, as I said in my email back to you, what would it be about? You've mentioned the old days. Well, I suppose, I suppose, how about, <laughs> imagine if I put all the podcast episodes over all the, how long, three, four years I've been doing this? I can't remember put them all together as one huge podcast episode. It would be, I don't know, what, what would it be, 50 hours long or something? I don't <laughs> Imagine that. That would get you to sleep. I couldn't sleep last night again. I woke up at three and that's it. I started thinking. I was thinking I must do the podcast. I've got to de-ice the bird bars. I mean, what a thing to be thinking about in the middle of the night, de-icing the bird bars. I've got to sort out some of my aerial wires. I've got a couple of things to do urgently in the garden, which I've done today. That was clearing up some bits and pieces where there was a puddle, which was ice and it's dangerous. I've done that. But my mind, my brain doesn't stop in the night. It just goes on and on and on. Drive me around the bend. Trisha's just gone up the post office. I'm meant to be having a walk every day, which I'm not. 
I'm meant to be doing my knee exercises every day, which the, the physiotherapist chap, he sent me an email with these exercises to do. I haven't done that. I don't seem to get round to things. What is it with me? I say I haven't got time for everything. I think it's just pure laziness on my part. I don't know. Of course, going back to the old days as a child, we did a lot of cycling, a lot of walking. We were moving, physically moving, climbing trees all the time. And I don't know that kids today do that. It's not good, is it? Adults, of course, back in the in the 50s, I mean, they didn't all have a car. Not every family had a car, let alone six. <laughs> Some do these days. They didn't have cars. My mum would go shopping. She'd walk over to the shops. She'd lug her stuff back. Of course, we had a, a greengrocer chap. He would deliver. And we had a, a butcher. I think he would deliver stuff. And the world stores. Who remembers the world stores? There was Mace. Do you remember Mace back in the old days? Some of them would deliver your stuff for you. But in the main, you go shopping. You, you've got to lug your shopping home again, which was all good physical exercise. I'm not saying that you know women don't get any exercise these days, but back then, you've got your washing machine. You drag that out into the middle of the kitchen by the sink. You'd fill it with hot water, put the powder in, put your clothes in. Then it would, it would do all its business for a few minutes. Then you've got to pump out the water, put it all through the mangle, then rinse it all. So you fill the thing with water again, rinse it all several times, I suppose. You didn't have a spin dryer, or if you did, you were lucky. So you put it through the mangle, hang it all out on the line. And this was all physical exercise, wasn't it? Fathers would be at the weekends, evenings in the summer. They'd be in the garden growing their own vegetables, digging over plots and things, either that or the weekends in particular, having a look at their car, cleaning the car, washing the car. People don't bother to do that these days. Well, I don't. <laughs> Some people do, I know. Mowing the lawn, not with an electric mower, you know, a proper push mower where you had to use your muscles. In fact, the physio chap said to me, stand on one leg, which I did. I'm wobbling all over the place. And he said, right, that's your bad leg, your bad knee. Stand on your good leg which I did, and I'm wobbling all over the place. And he said, your hip muscles, they need strengthening. That's what these exercises are for. When I say I haven't done them, I have done some of them. I just haven't done enough. One of them is uh, flat on the ground, on your back. Then you raise one leg, hold it there for five seconds and lower it. Raise the other leg, hold it there for five seconds and lower it. Do that 15 times. I've been doing that in bed. <laughs> one leg goes up, turns the quilt. And Trisha says, what are you doing? I'm doing my exercises. Oh dear, I don't know. And I have to fill in this thing online, this thing he sent me, the difficulty level and how often I've done it. And it sends him the information back. So I'm going to have to lie on the thing. You press a little button that says that you've done it and it notes the time. And then you do your difficulty level. And I think it all goes back to him and he can see on the screen what I am uh, what I'm doing or not doing. So I'm going to have to cheat and keep pressing the button. No, I've got to do it properly because uh, my knee is, is bad. It's, what is it? Osteoarthritis. I don't know what it is. Something dreadful like that. At least the bones are okay. Why am I telling you about my knee? Mark, I've got Skype working properly at long last. <laughs> Blasted thing. I've got it working properly. I found out why it kept logging me out. So a couple of times I think you've called me and I've not been aware of it because I've been logged out. Now, in the old days, when I was a boy, we didn't have Skype. 
We didn't have Zoom and WhatsApp and Facebook and all this nonsense. We didn't all have telephones. If you wanted to go and chat to a mate or ask him something, you walk round his house or get on your bike and cycle round his house and see him. More exercise. Exercise is important, as is stress, or should I say not getting stressed. I think that's more important than physical exercise, certainly as important. So don't get stressed. That's the secret. How do you not get stressed? I've no idea. I didn't get stressed yesterday driving to Lansing. I sat in the queue, quarter of an hour. I wasn't stressed. I mean, I'm retired, so I wasn't in any hurry. I was bored sitting there. I was looking out to sea because it was on the seafront road, looking at the windmills, you know, the electricity, what do they call them? Wind farm or whatever it is. Loads of them out to sea. And they look great. I, I like them. A lot of people have said, oh, it ruins my view. Well, view of what? There's only a horizon. You might see a ship, a distant ship on the horizon. Perhaps Pink Floyd, wasn't it? Smoke, distant ship on... Yeah, what's that record? Do you remember the words to that one? Comfortably numb, that's it. Oh, hello, we've got messages coming up. Have a look at Comfortably Numb, Pink Floyd lyrics, and you'll see a ship smoke out on the horizon. That's nothing, nothing to do with me sitting in a queue of traffic. But anyway, I didn't get stressed. That's the point I was trying to make. You shouldn't get stressed. If you're stuck in traffic, there's nothing you can do about it. Just sit there. If you're late for an appointment, I know it's annoying, but what can you do? There's no point in stressing yourself and getting ill over it. I better see what that noise was. I think it's an email. I'm getting a lot of spam type emails recently, which is, well, it's not really a pain. I just delete them or block them or whatever. And that's the end of that. People offering me all sorts of things. Have a loan, do this, do that. Oh, and I had one the other day. I've had many of these. Do you want $50 billion put into your bank account? No, thanks. <laughs> because you wouldn't put $50 billion in there, would you? You'd take out what's in there and I'd have nothing. I wonder whether some people, I suppose they say, oh, yes, please, I'll have that. Here's all my bank details, look. Oh, have my password, by the way, <laughs> while you're about it. It's not good. It's not good. I don't like this day and age. I know I've said this before, but talking of stress, back in the old days, you'd walk down to your bank and you'd see the manager or you'd see one of the people on the counter and you'd pay in money or withdraw money. And it was all easy. I know online banking is easy these days, but so many people seem to get scammed and ripped off or whatever they do. It is lovely sunshine out there. I've just been out in the garden. I thought I'd have a quick break. Everywhere is still ice. There's frost all over the grass. And I was looking at some of the wood. We've got some old wood, bits of logs and stuff like that, bits of tree bark and things. At the end of the garden, there's a kind of natural area. And there's fungus. Is it fungus or fungi? all over these bits of wood, which is great because there's all sorts of animals. In, well, not animals, insects. Uh, we were watching Spring Watch last night. That's on for two weeks. Spr no, sorry, Winter Watch. Spring Watch? I'm ahead of myself there. It's not spring yet. And they were talking about all the insects. If you lift up a, a bit of bark on an old wood, piece of wood or piece of log on the ground, have a look under the piece of bark. If you can lift it up, peel it off. There's all sorts going on in there all these insects in a, a little world of their own, a little universe of their own. It's quite amazing. So we don't touch any of the wood down there. It rots, of course, eventually into the ground, which replenishes all the, the goodness in the ground for the plants. But when it does that, I just get another log from somewhere. If we're up in the countryside having a walk, I'll see a log 
or some nice thick branches of a tree on the ground, nick those, put those in the car, cut them up and chuck them all over our wild bit down the garden. We've got stag beetles all over the place. Now they can stay under the ground apparently for seven years before they pop out and say, oh, hello there. <laughs> well, they don't say hello there. But no, I've put a lot of stag beetles. A chap, one of the neighbours, moved an old shed, pulled down an old shed, found a load of stag beetles. It must have been eight or nine, maybe ten. He brought them round to me and I put them all in our log pile. And of course they all scurried off in there. So presumably they're still in there. That was a few years ago. Some summers we do see stag beetles in the garden, which is nice. I think they're uh, not rare. Um, scarce, aren't they? Are they becoming scarce? I'm not sure. Have to look that one up. But have a look at uh, BBC Winter Watch with Chris Packham and Michaela Strachan, is it? Really good, really interesting programme. Going back again to when I was a boy over the woods and the, the farms around here, the fields. We knew what snow worms were, grass snakes, adders. You know, we could identify all these things. We could identify quite a few of the birds and some insects, of course, things in the pond, water boatmen, freshwater shrimps, tadpoles, obviously, newts. We knew the difference between frogs and toads, frog spawn and toad spawn. We knew all these things. We knew different trees because we're always over there. Oh, that's an oak tree. That's a whatever tree, that's pine, that's ash. You know, we knew the difference between all these trees. So again, unless, well, unless the kids watch the TV, programmes such as Winter Watch, they're not going to know about all this. It's awful, isn't it, when you think about it? And we had books, no internet, obviously. If you wanted to know something, we had encyclopedias. Everyone had encyclopedias. I remember we had The World of the Children, which was a little set of encyclopedias for kids. And that was fantastic. I was always looking in there for electrical things. They talked about electric motors and generators, things like that you could look up. And of course, with my interest in electricity and magnetism, that was fantastic for me. And this is when I'm, what, eight years old, I suppose. Then I started getting books about electronics and the rest of it for Christmas and birthdays. But the encyclopedias were fantastic, illustrated so if I saw a bird over in the woods, I think, what's that? I haven't seen one like that before. Make a sort of mental note of what it looked like. Go home, look in your encyclopedia. Oh, there's the one. Look, that's what it is. It's a lesser spotted toad-eating heron or something. <laughs> I don't know. No such thing. Oh, hang on. We've got more dings going on. Let's see what that is. That was something about the royal family. I don't, I don't look at all this Harry and Meghan stuff anymore. Can't cope with all that. <laughs> so yes they were great days great days as a child my son now here's the thing as he would say he said to me once he had a great childhood we'd be in the garden we had quite a big garden where we lived at the time in this bungalow quite a big garden and I had a motor mower which he loved he used to follow me doing the motor mower you know it was great it was good fun but he was out and about you know he didn't just sit indoors all the time watching telly or looking at a, a computer screen I bought him his first computer when he was eight years old. What was it? Am, Am, not Amstrad. I forget. Uh, Commodore, wasn't it? Commodore. And that got him in. That's it. That got him into computing and stuff. And uh, he's never looked back. But he got out and about. He did things. Anyway, that's enough about that. You're probably all bored about when I was a boy. But they were fantastic days. 
That dinging was a reminder, texting, I've got a dental appointment on Monday. I know that. I suppose it's good that people are reminded of things like that because if you miss your appointment slot, if you forget, then you've got to make another one. But also it mucks up the dentist. He's standing around thinking, well, now what do I do for the next half hour or hour or whatever? Oh, no, I've mentioned the dentist again. Sorry, that wasn't my fault. It's their fault for messaging me. A couple of family members were around the other day. We were talking about the old days of shops before supermarkets. I mentioned Mace earlier. Do you remember Mace? Key markets, there was the world stores. They were sort of small supermarkets that were starting to come in. Not these massive places you've got now. And you'd get personal service from the chap behind the counter. Or if you walk round and pick some of your own stuff, you then go to the till and you get personal service there. You could ask questions. I don't know if you wanted some special flour or self-raising flour or whatever it was you wanted. And the people that worked there were knowledgeable. They knew the answer to things. I went to a supermarket, was it a couple of years ago now? And I said to someone that worked there, do you do rennet free cheese? And this girl said, what's rennet? I said, I don't know, is it a bit of a cow's stomach or sheep's stomach or something? I don't know what it is, but I don't want it in my cheese. And she said, I don't know. She asked someone else, they came over, what's rennet? And I thought, Stan the Crows, they work in a place where they're selling cheese and stuff. They should know that. Anyway, the long and the tall of it is, goodness knows where that expression, what is that? The long and the tall of it? Or is it the short and the long of it? (laughs) There's no rennet in any cheese these days. So everything is rennet free. I think rennet is bits of someone's stomach. I can't remember. But it was nice to go to the separate shops. I remember that go to the greengrocer and get what you want and then the butcher and then the off-licence to get your booze. But all separate shops. These days, it's all in one shop. I know it's convenient for people, but I don't know. It's just not the same. What was nice in the old days when I had my first car, drive into the local garage, the chap would come out and he'd put the petrol in for you and you give him the money, he cleaned your windscreen, do you want the oil checked? I'll check your oil and water. Yep, you release the bonnet catch, or the hood catch in America. He'd lift the bonnet up and he'd check your oil and water. He'd do your tyres, clean your windscreen, all this stuff. Talk about personal service. These days you go into, I can't use these things. You go into the garage, you have to use a credit card. It says, do you want to pay at the shop thing or by credit card. Well, I don't know. I was in the Isle of Wight with Trish on holiday a few years back and I'm trying to work this pump and I'm saying, oh, the blasted pump thing doesn't work. And the girl in the office was looking at me through the window. Then she got on the microphone, you know, the speakers, and she said, you've got to press whatever button. And I'm, what, eh? Press what? <laughs> in the end, she came out. She said, look, it says here, you press, oh yeah, okay, thanks. (laughs) I don't know, where's the chap that used to come out with his rag and clean the windscreen and talk about the weather, as we do. Us Brits talk about the weather, don't we? Oh dear, just had an email from the Met Office. Uh, Yellow warning for London and the South East, that's us. Freezing fog, Friday, which is today, and Saturday, freezing fog. We don't want that. It will lead to some travel delays Friday night and Saturday morning. What's happening to this weather? What is going on? It's getting worse. Mind you, it's still very sunny. 
beautiful day. Just had lunch. Eggy bread. Who who likes eggy bread? Do you remember that? We still have that. Basically, it's a, a bit of bread soaked in raw egg. <laughs> you chuck it in the frying pan. <laughs> but it is really nice. There's a bit of protein there. There's a bit of uh, fibre, isn't there, in the bread. So, <laughs> so that's my lunch dealt with. In the old days, who remembers going up the chippy, up the fish and chip shop, with a sixpenny piece. Tanner's worth of chips, please, mister. <laughs> An old newspaper. You'd get ink, you know, newspaper ink all over your fingers, all over your chips. But it was great. No health and safety nonsense then. <laughs> Used to go and climb on a wall somewhere, sit on the top of a wall, eating your chips. And then go home and tell your mum you're starved. Haven't you eaten anything all day? No, no, I'm starved. Where's your pocket money? What's that? I can smell chips. No, 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 it wasn't me. <laughs> Oh dear. The thing is, back then, kids could basically eat what they liked. We used to have far too many sweets. As I said earlier, Black Jackson, Sherbet and all this sugary stuff. And it didn't matter. Why? Well, it did for our teeth. Why didn't it matter? Because we were always out, climbing trees, running around, riding bikes. As I said, physical. That is why I can't remember in my school one overweight child. There was one. There was one. He had a problem. He had an illness and he was very overweight. But all the other kids, we were skinny. I don't remember anyone being overweight. We were all skinny. That's because we didn't stop moving from the minute we got up in the morning to the minute we went to bed at night. We just <laughs> didn't stop moving. I reckon back then in the 50s and 60s that children were, I was going to say healthier. Is that the right word, healthier? I think because of the, the physical thing all the time, moving and running around the whole time. Eating, we didn't eat between meals. I know I've mentioned sweets and that, but we weren't continually snacking. I think today people, what do they call it? Grazing. We weren't continually snacking like people do these days. Have a cup of tea or have a piece of cake with that. Have a coffee. I'll have a packet of crisps with that. You know, it's, it's this continual snacking, isn't it? We basically had breakfast, uh, lunch, and then dinner, afternoon tea, dinner, whatever. And that was it. Yes, we would sneak over to the sweet shop and buy some blackjacks or whatever. But it wasn't like snacking all the time. We're over the woods. We're doing this, that and the other in the woods. We weren't, Yeah, you know, we didn't take food with us. We didn't take Mars bars and chocolate bars and packets of crisps and all that stuff that does make you put on weight. We were busy. We didn't have time for eating. We were busy. In fact, I remember not going home for lunch. Having such a good time, don't go home for lunch. And then just have something to eat later on in the afternoon or early evening. And back then, my mum wasn't worried if I didn't come back for lunch. I was just over the woods. I think there was a, one or two occasions I remember she came to find me. Something had happened and she came over to the woods to find me. It was only, oh, I don't know, a quarter of a mile away, something like that. She'd walk down the road past the shops, across the, the main road to the woods, and you know, she'd hear us, hear kids shouting and screaming and whatever we did. And then once or twice she'd say, you've got to come home, something's happened, I can't remember what happened. So she knew where I was, and if I didn't turn up for lunch, well, not a problem, I'd have something to eat later on. I think there was a time, if it got to, I can't remember the times, but if it got to something like five six o'clock and I'd not come home then she would perhaps start to worry or wonder where I was 
But I was always home by that sort of time. Always home, I reckon, by what, four or five because I was getting hungry. And the other kids used to clear off home. So we'd all wander off, you know, see you tomorrow. Yeah, great. We'd take over. <laughs> we wouldn't take food to the woods, but we'd take catapults. Not for hitting animals, no, but just for firing at things, firing stones at things <laughs> uh, into the pond and things like that. So you had to have a catapult and we'd take a sheath knife. We had a, a leather sheath knife uh, sort of thing to put the knife in. Every child that went over, everyone had a sheath knife. Well, the girls didn't, but uh, the lads did. We had to have a knife and we used to sharpen them on stones and <laughs> things like that. And we'd whittle bits of wood and stuff and cut our fingers. But uh, we didn't go home crying. Oh, I've cut my finger. Oh, that's right. Wipe the blood on your jumper or your, your jeans. That'll soon heal up. That'll dry. Wash it in the pond. <laughs> Great. Same with cuts and bruises. You know, we'd get scraped knees. Before we wore long trousers, we'd wear shorts. Or we'd get grazed knees and there'd be blood and stuff everywhere. and Bits of flesh hanging off. But no one, I don't know, we were, we used to man up. That wasn't a term then, but these days, if someone's crying, they've hurt their knee, you might say, oh, come on, man up. It's just the way we were. You know, we didn't go home crying to mum because we'd grazed a knee or something. In fact, I remember going home and my mum saying, what have you done to your knee? And then I looked down, there's, there's blood all running down the front of my leg. <laughs> oh, must have grazed it barbed wire fence or whatever it was <laughs> didn't even realize it just hurt you rub it a little bit you don't look and oh look blood oh my goodness kids were very different then as there was nothing on daytime television we made our own entertainment i remember we put on a show in a friend's garage oh here we go news flash now what's happened i don't know some nonsense somewhere so we put on a show in this friend's garage just down the road we made a stage and we hung curtains in front of it. And uh, we put the, I forget what it was about, but there were, what was there? My sister, myself, this friend of ours, a couple of other kids. And, you know, the curtains would go back. We got our parents all sitting in the garage. We'd set out chairs and we put this show on. I really can't remember what it was about. Something stupid. And they all clapped and things. It was great. I remember, remember that vividly. It was really good fun. So we made our own entertainment. We dug holes in the garden, big holes, huge holes, like a huge trench, and put a roof on it. And that was a camp. And we'd take a, a candle down, you know, several candles, and we'd light them, and all very dangerous, set fire to things. <laughs> but it was great. We were, we were learning. We were living. We were loving life. We weren't just sitting in front of a screen like zombies. Oh, perhaps I shouldn't say that. I mean, not all kids do that these days. Our grandchildren... You know, they go swimming, they go cycling in the woods, they do this, um, what is it, where they go from tree to tree on these ropes and zip wires. I mean, they're always doing that sort of thing. So it's not all children. I think uh, sometimes us older people get the wrong impression. It's because whenever you look at a child, they're staring down at their phone with their thumbs going click, 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 click. And you think that's all they do all the time, but they don't. Not all of them anyway. Not only was it healthy from the physical point of view, but I think for mental health as well, we kept our minds busy. We were imaginative. We were creative. We wanted to build a camp. Camps were the best things. We built a camp in the woods. <laughs> this is funny. We built this camp out of old branches. We got a load of branches and leaves. Built this camp. And it wasn't near the trees. It was just by the edge. 
And we lit a small fire, like a campfire, outside this tent thing we built out of branches. And the whole thing caught fire. <laughs> Dear, I don't know, we took candles with us. We took matches and this sort of thing. Lit this fire and it got out of hand. And then the, our camp went up in flames. And it was all right. There were a couple of people, I remember adults walking dogs they just sort of walked past and looked it wasn't a problem it wasn't a danger to anything or anyone our camp just burnt down in a roar of flames it must have been a very hot dry summer they were back then they were lovely summers weren't they mind you last summer was good here in the uk really nice lighting fires was good fun we got told off by a farmer once we were near his cornfield and we'd lit this fire near a pond there was this sort of pond thing and then a bit of spare land in his cornfield. And we lit this fire and he came over, put that fire out, you're set fire to my corn. But he was all right. He was right, actually, looking back. He was right. I mean, we could have set fire to his entire field of corn. <laughs> that would not have been uh, funny. But we weren't naughty. Uh, well, I, well, I say we weren't naughty. Yes, we were naughty, but we weren't vandals. You know, we weren't... Uh, criminals or anything like that yes we did naughty things we went into especially in the woods where it said private property trespassers will be prosecuted well that's an invitation why is it private what's in there we had to go and have a look i remember once there was a huge lake and it was the somerset land uh, mr somerset owned it all and it was somerset farm and all this and we went in to this lake and uh, old mr somerset found us can't you read says private property, he was all right. He knew, he, he knew we were just kids, we were mucking about, we weren't criminals, we weren't vandals. We'd just gone to look at the lake, Somerset Lake it was known as, and we went to have a look. <laughs> and he told us to get out, which we did, until the next day when he wasn't around and we went back. It was nice, private fishing there, there were jetties and things like that. We didn't go fishing there because uh, we would have been in trouble. But yeah, we often went there, had a look at the lake. Don't know how deep it was. I don't know whether it's still there or not. Probably. We had no idea of the time. We just looked at the sun and basically it started to go down a little bit. It was getting on in the afternoon. None of us had a watch. I remember my first watch. It was a Timex watch. That's when I was, ah, oh, must have been about 10 or 11. So before that, I mean, I didn't know what the time was. I didn't care what the time was. We're over the woods. There was a row of shops just over the road from the woods where that was where the sweet shop was, the, the fish and chip shop. So if we nipped over there to buy some more sherbet or a bag of crisps, you could see what the time was because they had clocks in the shops. But otherwise, we just went by the sun or by the weather if it started to rain or by feeling tired. Oh, time to go home or hungry, of course. Mind you, if we'd had chips, we, we weren't hungry. So they really were carefree days. And I've said I don't remember any children being overweight apart from the one lad. And I don't remember anyone having any mental problems, pressure, mental pressure, anxiety, anything like that, that we hear so much about today. I don't know whether I said, was it last week or someone asked me, were there therapists and psychologists, psychiatrists back then? Yes, there were. But you'd never heard about them, especially with children, unless they just didn't tell each other. I don't know. But we didn't have pressure. Yes, there was peer pressure at school. We had bullying at school, of course. 
only in a mild way, nothing serious. I saw a, a video today on somewhere social media. Two girls, about 15 years old, beating up this other girl in the play, playground and not just fighting like we used to when kids would shout out bundle and all gather round and cheer. These two girls, the other one was on the ground, they were kicking her in her face really hard, like you kick a football straight in her face. We never did anything like that. We wouldn't dream of doing anything like that. That's just, that's not cricket. I've seen many examples of that on videos on uh, social media recently. More and more things happening like that. One child beating up another one. Well, not just beating up, as I say, kicking in the face when they're wearing boots. It, I, honestly, it must break their teeth. It must disfigure them, break their nose, their jaw. I, I just don't understand it. Anyway, let's get off that subject. On a brighter note, I keep saying this, blue sky, sunshine, it's still going. Amberley Museum tomorrow, looking forward to that. I keep popping out into the garden and I've just got a chair out of the shed, one of our patio chairs, and I was sitting there in the sun. First time this year, how about that? And we're only, where are we? 20th of January today. So you'll be hearing that this is Sunday, isn't it? So you'll listen to this on the 22nd or sometime next week. The bluebells are coming up. Daffodils are coming up. Once the sun gets to a little bit of height in the sky, the fences, the shed roofs where they've been frosty, they're steaming. So the warmth is coming. I love it. I love the summer. Anyway, that's enough from me. I shall see you on Wednesday for the midweek message. In the meantime, look after yourselves. Be nice to each other. Have you seen that? All over social media, be kind or something. Be kind to each other. We were in the old days. Well, apart from the odd bit of bullying that went on. <laughs> no, a bundle in the playground was just a bit of rough play, really. Nothing serious. OK, that's it. I am going to go back into the garden with a cup of tea and a couple of homemade lemon biscuits. Lovely jubbly. Take care. See you on Wednesday. Bye-bye for now.